Hey all, hope everybody's doing good. It's amazing how much that word annoys me. And I don't even know why. Like, hope you're okay. Hope you're doing good. I wish I had like a replacement word. Um, I just don't know what it would be. But every time I text it, hope you're doing good. Rather than like, like, ah, I don't even know. There isn't even a replacement word, which just frustrates me even more. Um, so yeah, we are, um, it's Saturday morning. Um, usually I'd be gearing up to do a Zwift cycling race. Um, today is actually the last one of the series and uh, I am tempted to do it, but I'm not going to. Um, I've still just been having a little bit of pain in that kind of glued area. Um, you know, I went, I, I've been, I journal before I go to bed and, you know, I think that's important. I think it helps sleep. It definitely helps sleep. I also just think, um, it helps in general just to see where you're at, you know, kind of checking in mentally with like, where am I at? How did today go? Was today a good day? Um, I've also learned that like, there's things you can, there's things you can aim for each day. So you can be like, you know, tomorrow I, I want to have more gratitude or tomorrow I want to um, just be more present and, and be more, you know, there there's good quotes all centered around. Like if you're not living now, you're not living because if you're constantly thinking my life's going to be so much better when I break 40 minutes for 10k or my life's going to be so much better after I get through this next week to work, none of that's guaranteed. The only thing that's guaranteed for all of us is this very moment that we're in right now. Like the second that the second you're breathing right now is the only moment that, you know, is guaranteed for us all. Um, so that's something that I guess you can think about when you're journaling. So when I journal, last night I gave my glute a 4 out of 10. Um, that's really not good. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 need to be, um, I need to be weary of that. Um, I, think, I think at nighttime you, you can be honest with yourself. I think when you wake up in the morning like now, and it's a daunting feeling. Oh no, if that is sore, does that mean that I can't run today? Does that mean I should rest? It's easier for you to start thinking, no, no, the glute's probably like a seven or an eight out of 10. Um, it didn't get worse is one thing I'll say. So, you know, I, I, did a, I did a bit of a trail run yesterday. It allowed me to push a little bit on the uphills without having to run super quick to do that. It didn't hurt. No, it hurt a bit, but what I'm saying is it, it doesn't really hurt more this morning than yesterday, but it's maybe the same, but maybe a bit worse. So because I'm not sure, I, I, I don't mind running through, um, like, I'm going to call this an injury. I'm not going to call it a niggle. It's definitely an injury. If I have to rest two days, two full days, and that doesn't shift it, that's a, that's a bit of an injury. Um, and so I'm pretty smart about if I can't see a long-term progression, um, you know, I, I ran yesterday, I woke up today, it's still not better or getting better. So 
think about it logically, if I were to run this morning, could I expect it to be better tomorrow? Maybe if I ran less. So that's an argument. You could argue that you could run less. So you could do five mile instead of 12 mile or you could do two mile, blah, blah, blah. Um, but actually, I'm OK resting. And the reason I'm OK resting is because um, a five mile run doesn't really do, excuse my language, but fuck all for me. Um, a five mile run is not going to be the difference between whether or not, you know, you're successful or you're not. So the way to build fitness is through consistently building good weeks, consistently acquiring new skills within your running, etc., etc. So if I can't see, if I run yesterday and it's not quite there yet, and then I think to myself, well, what's the point in running today or tomorrow and Monday and then having to rest two days of next week, etc., etc.? The best thing I can do is shut the body down, let the let the injury settle, and then when I do start back, it should be on an upward trajectory. It doesn't matter if week one I can only run 40 miles, so long as week two maybe it can be 45, 50, 60, 70, and that's generally speaking how fitness builds in that nice rhythm, that nice momentum. You should always be able to do more or the same the next day as you were sort of doing today. Not necessarily in terms of intensity, but you get the idea. It shouldn't be about yesterday's training. It should be about today's. It shouldn't be about today's training. It also has to be about tomorrow's. Um, completely gone back on what I said about living in the now because <laughs> it's about today. <laughs> but you get the point. Like you, you know, to build good training and get build good fitness, it's impossible in running to do that in one day. So um, you, you really need to spread that effort. And, and so with that comes the consistency. So I put down last night that it's a four out of ten. I can't go back on that. It's written in black and white or it's written in pen upstairs. If I went and had a look, if something's a four out of ten, when you go to sleep, you know, there's a high likelihood that it's not going to be better um, that next morning. Um, it feels better than it did last night, but it's probably still only like a four or five out of ten. Um, I think by going and running on it, it would probably numb and it wouldn't feel so bad. It's like I, I, I know what runners do and I know what I do. I could roll around on a like a massage ball this morning and basically, when you roll around on a massage ball, you numb the area quite a lot. And when you numb the area quite a lot, all of a sudden, you don't feel it as much. But it doesn't mean that there's not, like, you don't, when you go running, it's not that you don't want to feel the injury. It's that, it's that if there is an injury, while you're running, those muscle groups are not doing their job correctly. And if those muscle groups are not doing their job correctly and supporting the area that's sore correctly, that's how you get problems elsewhere. So because of where this is, it's right up at the top of the glute. It's right. It wraps around the hip into sort of the pelvis. You know, if you've ever had massage there, if someone drives their thumb into that sort of area along the very tops of the glutes, and it runs along the, the lower back, um, wraps right around the hip. So if you think hip flexor, hip, and then those muscles at the top of the glute, it might be like, um, let me see, I think it's glute med maybe. But I could be wrong because I'm not a genius about the muscular system. Um, okay, here we go. It's that muscle right there. So it's the gluteus maximus. 
but right up at the top. That's probably the one that I'm having the most problem with. Um, but also, like, because it overlaps with the glute med, um, you get all sorts of problems because how muscles are is when one's a wee bit angry and nipping at you, then the other one goes, it screams and swells and reacts. And, and then all of a sudden, I bet your lower back muscles start screaming and reacting and your hip muscles and uh, everything, everything just goes haywire. So, Cut that long story short, um, today is going to be another rest day. Um, I'm hoping it allows me to do a bit of a run Sunday. Um, that'll be quite nice. Whether or not that's a long run or whether or not that's just a, you know, just a flat run. It might have to just be a flat run for now. Um, and that might allow me to do a bit more running, but I'll just have to control the pace. Um but that's the idea. The idea would be, you know, it hasn't been a great two weeks for me. Um, it It's probably linked to the run over the morns. Um, and, but in saying that, I had this injury before that. Um, you know, this is the injury I had about 10 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago or whatever it is now. Um, I, I'm sure the morns didn't help. Maybe it just added to the fatigue. I say that I haven't done anything to strengthen the bloody muscle. So... Like, this is the funny thing. Like, a muscle, you beat a muscle down, it goes weak. If it gets injured, it goes even weaker. It loses strength. If you don't do anything to rebuild it back up, what do you expect, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I, I've, been, um, I've been a wee bit lazy. Um, it, it's not so much lazy. It, in fact, it is lazy, but it's also just um you know the frustration like frustrated with no races and and using that as an excuse and and then that stopping me from doing the the little things that all add up nala makes me laugh a lot she goes upstairs now so she's just walking up the stairs way she goes and she goes and sleeps upstairs so apparently my company is not what she's seeking in life anymore um but yeah, I'm sure we've all been a little bit lazy about doing these exercises and and that's like the, the prehab stuff and the, the, the general S&C that supports the program. And, you know, like I've just said, if you've broken a muscle down to the point where it hurts, it's telling you it's not strong enough. And if you don't do anything to make it stronger, don't expect it not to come back. Um, and that, that's all I have to say really about that. I'm going to leave that at that. So that's there. Um, I did a run yesterday. You know, I've been feeling um, pretty negative, pretty like frustrated. Um, I guess questioning a lot of things. Um, I guess to to help people understand and and to name a few of them, like like being a professional. You know, sometimes it's not easy, and it's a there's a mental bearing, mental weight. You know, and 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 it's a very serious serious business very serious business um you you obviously have to deal with people that are willing to cheat um in the form of drugs um whether it's steroids whether it's you know people take their own blood out i don't even know if people still do that people taking their own blood out and putting it back in their body um there's microdosing and there's all sorts of cheating going on um you know, there's a lot of articles out there about it. Um, you have to deal with that. 
I you also have to deal with I could be wrong and people might not agree with me, but I've always sort of had this belief that you're you're probably gonna be standing on the line against people that were willing to not eat, willing to train super, super hard to risk injuries, willing to push through mental, physical, all kinds of trauma. Um, and, and, you know, you're probably going to be standing on the line against the best EAD in the world that survived all of the above, basically. Didn't get stress fractures, didn't tear muscles. Doesn't mean that they're not about to get one in the next month or the next two months, but they managed to get through that buildup and you're standing on the line. I don't think it's healthy. Um, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think, um, I don't think the sport once... Once drug cheats start to run a sport, right, and the drug cheats set the bar, I think then if you're a mere mortal and you're not taking the drugs, just let me have a sip of coffee. If you're a mere mortal and you're not taking the drugs and you're not willing to, you pretty much have to train at a very unhealthy level to make up for, um, you know, healthy to me would be like, running six days a week, making sure that rest day was there, both for your body physically and also for your body mentally. Um, If you ran 95 mile a week in seven days, you know, you would do 80 to 85 in six. You wouldn't try to make it up. You don't try to like make up ground for the fact that you're having a rest day. You just, you just run the miles that um, it gives you that day to mentally check out physically check out let the body just relax and everything settle down um healthy to me is like a day like today when something hurts you wake up and you say what what's the best training i could possibly do today and you decide that because something's sore the best thing that you can possibly do that day is rest and so you rest and if you have to do some exercises to strengthen the area you do your exercises. Um, unhealthy is when you move to a place of feeling. And I'll be honest, I felt I felt in this place for a long time now um, that that I need that my biggest strength is the consistency of training. And so, if something does hurt, there's that fear that well, I don't want to lose that consistency. So, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to run through pain. And then you move into a place of, you know, was it smart to run today? And you can't win because you're either angry that you had the rest and you missed training or you're angry at yourself for running through pain. And it creates a very mental, unstable balance in the head. Um, I love when I take rest days. I, I end up really proud of myself and I end up coming back to a world where you know, there isn't that obsession and, and you're not willing to put your body through um, pain and, and risks like that and, and, and stuff like that. You know, you're, you're like the, the glutes sore. Probably I could cycle and um, I wouldn't it wouldn't hurt. But at the same time, you still work your glutes. So, ah, ah, they're my socks. Bad girls. You still work your glutes quite a lot on the bike, so would I be resting it and allowing the muscle to come back to full strength and, and not beaten up? Of course not. Of course not. Um, 
so yeah, I've been struggling with that because I'm just kind of like, it, it was, it was obviously the other day my glute was hurting and I was going to refuse to rest and I find it really hard to rest. And, and that's when I moved to that state of mind of what are you thinking? You know, it's so simple. Just rest, just let your body get healthy. And is it boredom? Is it, you don't know what to do to fill your day if you're not running? Is it obsession? Is it, is it dedication? Is it drive? Is it drive to be better? Or do we use all those words and phrases as excuses for, you know, it is just an obsession? You know, like like a like a drug addict and oh I could quit if I wanted to. I just I just enjoy taking the drugs, so I'm not gonna quit. And then it's like, well well here, look, just take a couple of days off there to, to show yourself that you can do that. And they can't, you know, and I, and I think running does become a bit of an obsession and um, the word obsession can be thrown around and seen as like a negative. I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, I don't think it's a negative. I, I you know, if, if you if you move to a dangerous, dangerous place with running and, you know, male runners do this and, and maybe more so known in the female running world of like the obsessive not eating and, you know, causing all sorts of body issues with women's development and stuff like this. If you move to that world and you start picking up stress fractures all the time or bone problems or like, you know, just general health problems and no periods. And um, I'm not about to start suggesting I know a thing about any of that, but this is what you read. Is it reds or something? I was reading for a while there. You read about Mary Kane and you know, you, you read about, you know, women and, but it's also in the men's world. There's a lot of men, um, are willing to, there's a lot of men that would be willing to not eat and lose a load of weight and get super skinny to look like the pros or blah, 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 you know, to run under 34 minutes for 10 K or 33 or 32. Um, never mind 26, 27 with these like elites are running at the minute. Um, you know, that should be crazy. You know, if it like, it should be crazy at any point in time that you're willing to, you know, literally not eat, literally know that you've run 18 miles or 15 miles and your calorie burn for the day is going to be pretty high. And at dinner, you know, you're going to cut your calories to lose weight. That, that should be crazy, but that's so acceptable in running. And I preached on the podcast about how acceptable it is. And it makes me it's sort of like in a different state of mind, it makes me like cringe. It makes me think like, Scully, come on, buddy. You know, like, um, you know, when I talked about the top 100 guys in the world and I, and I talked about the weight that they were and, and that I wanted to lose weight and, and that I was willing to, you know, during coronavirus, cut things out and cut weight down. And, 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 and then I'm just like, you know, you're, you're trying to change your body type. You're trying to, you're trying to like, by, by restricting your diet, imagine doing that to your dog. Like, you know, imagine saying like, you know, all right, instead of three cups a day of food, I'm going to cut her down to two because, you know, one of the dogs in the park can beat her in a race. That's animal cruelty. So, you know, why, why do it to yourself? But the, you do it to yourself and I'll explain why. Because there's a demand. It, you're, it's demanded of you. It's not, it's not a choice. I, I don't, you know, I don't wake up and look in the mirror and look at my body and be like, you know, geez, I'd love to, I'd love to look half a stone lighter. Do, do I fuck? 
you know, I, I've openly said I, I love my body and actually I'd love my arms to be a bit bigger and my shoulders to be a bit bigger. And, you know, I, like I'd be all about that. Some biceps, you know, fuck, that would be great. Um, but then I'd be even slower. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm um, maybe I need this week to ask Gary. Like <laughs> maybe Gary needs to perk me up a little bit. But I don't I, I, you know, I don't I don't feel the need because I'm not. I'm just questioning the, you know, I, I was speaking to a, a friend about this and um, I, I'm questioning the commitment and is that commitment, you know, it comes back to, is it worth it, right? And if, is the dedication worth it? Are you getting, are you getting enough back from the sport? And we're not talking about, we're at the minute, we're not talking about materials, money, um any of that at the minute we're purely talking about the mental return it's all it's all psychological um i i have so many so many material things from the sport that is so worth it you know like i'm paid a wage um when boxes come into my front door sent from under armor etc etc that's a lovely thing that's so 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 lovely um you know, budget to spend on the website and order things whenever I want. You know, that that side of it is amazing. Um, but what I'm going to tell you is there's people there's people who work for Under Armour that don't need to be a certain weight or don't need to cut calories and, and don't need to run through injuries or at least feel the stress or the pressure to do things like that don't need to compete against people that are doing drugs and they get those material things too. You know, they get paid a wage. They probably get free Under Armour clothes. They probably get budget on the website to buy themselves some things like a work uniform or a work alliance. Um, and, and that's the, that's the, that's the thing, right? That's what I'm trying to come back to that Running's not the only thing in the world for Stephen Scullion or for other people out there that would generate an income or, or would allow you to, um, you know, get free products or, um, and for that matter, if you're earning a wage, you probably don't need free products. Um, and as much as it's nice to get them, you probably don't need it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to work out, um, what a what a nice plan would be i think i think what it would look like if it if it if i could write it down on a whiteboard i think it would look something like um you know every two weeks you have a rest day or or maybe even once a week you go for something like that you have the rest day you simplify the training quite a bit and you you know you you add in training that you're just doing for you and your own personal enjoyment and there's no, it doesn't need to be structured. And, and if that means going and running over a smaller trail or a mountain, you do it. Um, if it means you want to go run on a beach or you want to swim, you know, you do it. Um, it might mean that after a big marathon, you, you take some time to, um, just to yourself. Is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? Do you, do you go on a holiday? You know, the, things like this. I, I, I think this is where balance comes in. And then you can be you can be the professional for four or five months leading into a race. 
but then for four to six weeks, you're just, you're just a human. You're just, you're Steven Scullion or, or you're, you know, you're your own self and you, you do the things that like a normal person would do and a normal, you know, 30 year old or, or whatever you, you go on holiday, you sit on a beach, you, you explore, you hike, you, you do things that, you know, people do in, in the professional world. There's always just this pressure, like, Oh, what about that next championship? It's so soon after, or, you know, but I, but I was still only like 40th in the world. So, you know, do I, should I, when the other guys take a break, should I not be taking a break? And, um, and then like, and then there's this idea that maybe it's, maybe it's acceptance. Maybe you don't ever accept that the positions that you're finishing in is actually just how good you're supposed to be. And so when that happens, um, that's why you're constantly willing to try to improve areas that maybe there's no room for improvement in order just to not... Well, hang on, did I get my coffee? I think that's a big thing. If you come 43rd in the world like I do, I did, sir, um, you might say to yourself, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm way better than that. If I was six kilograms lighter or five kilograms lighter or I stayed at altitude a bit longer or this didn't happen or that didn't happen. That's living in the past. That's going back to the past, everything, and thinking you could just change or if you could have changed, like what what could have happened. Um, it's not useful. And then what happens is, you know, it's okay to review. Of course you can review and it's important to. Um but the fact of the matter is you were 43rd in the world. Yeah, that's it. And I think we don't accept it. I think we choose to, like, we refuse that acceptance phase of, you know, it's not the excuses. It's not the length of time you were at altitude. You know, it, it, it wasn't this. It wasn't that. You're just 43rd in the world. If you accept it, you'll sit at the finish line and you'll probably be proud as punch. And you'll go, actually, maybe I was supposed to be 50th. And I came 43rd. What a fucking day. What a great day. Um, and you won't beat yourself up internally. And you won't start thinking about what you should have been doing more, 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 you know. And um, I think it gets to a point where you bite off more than you can chew, you know. And and when you bite off more than you can chew, you get frustrated. I often tell, and some some people listening might know my friend, Um my friend Gavin Lewis is a is a postman in England, um, and you know he he's been bloody brilliant. You know he started working out of university, and you know he's bought a house in in London, which is not easy to do, fair not easy to do at all. Um, and he works super hard, a lot of overtime, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and and you know he runs three to four days a week. Because that's all he he knows when he runs. He'd he'd probably like to do five or six sometimes, not all the time. But he knows doing three to four, he can keep himself fairly healthy, and not pick up injuries, and it keeps him fairly fit. That he can go for a, as he'll say, a ten mile run, and he loves to be able to just average six minute mile. And um, Gavin ran two thirty two in a marathon, I think is his PB. Um, and he, he'll do a couple of marathons a year. Now, I don't know many people running four days a week, running a 232 marathon, you know. So when we talk, I often say this to him, mate, like, 
I think you get more out of Ron than I do because like he doesn't need free gear or or fancy recovery boots or or like all these things you know he doesn't need all these things because um he's just he just runs his three to four days a week stays healthy enters a marathon goes and runs the marathon um and and you know life goes on um does he get more out of running than I do? I don't know. Like, and we're, we're only talking, we're talking about, um, in terms of, does he get more based on the input? And that's what's important here. Like, his input versus my input, for example. Um, you know, I'm putting in whatever hours I put in or whatever time I put in, um, Am I getting enough out of it for all that input? And I'm starting to learn it's not it's not that I'm not willing to um, put in the time and put the effort comes easy to me. I love the effort. I love pushing. I love pushing myself. But I could be ten kilograms heavier and try to go run over Cave Hill and struggle to do it and love it. Me just that's just me overcoming the psychology of wow that was so difficult but I'm so proud of myself I kept pushing I didn't give up amazing I love that right um so it's really getting to yeah what are you for everything that you're putting in what are you what are you getting back out of it um and and I just I've just hit a little yeah, I've just hit hit a little like patch where I'm just like, I think I need to make some changes. Um and I think it's gonna create a far happier runner. Um, but not just the runner. I just want to be you know I watch a TV show and, and the other day, you know, they were like they were um it's actually really funny. It's called Queer Eye and I've never watched it before and someone got me to watch it and um they come in and they make over people. It's it's four gay guys I think four Jonathan maybe four maybe five the first episode was about firemen and they were coming in to make over that this fireman in America wasn't making any effort with his wife and so you, you're basically your friends nominate you and I was thinking what would my friend my friend my friends nominated me for this like not like makeover but like these gay guys come in and um they they might go in your wardrobe and be like scully what the fuck like you've got one casual shirt and everything else is sports gear sorted out they'd probably look at like you know like my shoes and they'd be like they're all under armor or you know casual like why have you not got a nice pair of shoes and um and then they kind of like they'd be like you know they'd ask you about like your your life and you'd be you'd basically my life probably screams dedicated to sport. Um, and like, I think people that come in from an outside perspective can look at it and be like, but what are you doing for the, what are you doing for you? Right. And you know, what do you do for fun? And what do you do? And, and I'd be like, race, <laughs> you know, I race a marathon, a marathon's fun. Um, and I think they'd be trying to bring in some, I'm not saying this is right, but I think they'd be trying to bring in some normality. And I spoke about this not long ago and I spoke about like, you know, like if I were to die and um, God forbid I don't, let me have a sip of coffee. If I were to die and 
someone got up and they spoke and, and they were like, you know, like, tell us about Stephen and, and, you know, I've had so many lovely messages about the podcast and what it's done for people and, and, and how supportive they felt or how supported they felt. And, you know, thanks for sharing so much honest and raw information and things like this. And, um, what would people say? Would they, would they say that, you know, like, oh, it was so nice. He, he supported me. He didn't even know me. Um, you know, he shared so much. He was such a sharing person and, and th- there was an honesty and, and, and there was a dedication to sport and that was really nice. I'm thinking, what would they say about like, you know, when was the last time on the podcast I talked about something other than being really dedicated to running? When was the last time on the podcast I talked about, um, you know, a week's holiday in Thailand or, you know, I, I, I don't even know what people do. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I don't know what normal things are, you know, like, oh, yeah, yesterday I went to um, Hydro Park and, and I, I swam. I'd probably like I'd probably wear my Garmin and time how long I was in the water swimming. Um, you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying. That's the point I'm trying to make, like. Um, would people even know the nice, fun things that you're doing? I remember, God, it must be a year ago now. Um, and I was, I was watching a cross country race with my dad and, um, we were over here in Northern Ireland over at, it was Barnes Park. And a lady came up to me and she said, well, like, are you going to go out tonight? And I was like, what? And she was like, oh, you said on the podcast, you know, you might go out and spend some time with your friends. And, um, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I think I did. Um, but I suppose those are like the normally things. Um, yeah, there, I think there has to be more normality. Um, you know, that's when you move into a world of you, you open yourself up and maybe you maybe you date a bit. And, and, you know, maybe you have the influence of somebody else in your life that and you allow it to happen. You don't you don't see it as a negative or you don't see it as a this is taken away from my running. And I think that's what I've always done. I've always moved to a place where I think relationships and whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's, um, I tried to move into this headspace of the athlete that, you know, doesn't have to, and again, excuse my language, fuck about with anything like that, like arguments or, or, you know, staying up late or, or, you know, just, having to deal with someone else's problems or, or other people's problems, you know, like I, I often think you have enough of your own problems. And, but I think what then you miss out on is the joy of, I, I explained to someone recently about the day at Dublin Marathon and, you know, it, it felt like a really sad story that, you know, when, when it was all said and done and like you, you do your drug testing and after drug testing, you know, right after the podium, you go to drug testing and so you're on this podium for 20 30 minutes and and the, the world's brilliant everyone's taking pictures and everyone's really excited to see you and there's so many well dones and people coming up to you and you feel really good about yourself and your competitors are congratulating you and and you know you're you're hopefully being humble and congratulating people back and and you know thanking them for making it such a great race and um and then you go to drug testing and within an hour of finishing the race, you're sitting in drug testing. And hopefully within 90 minutes of sitting in drug testing, you can be out of there. Um, and, and I can tell you after that, it quietens down. You know, like I said, I, everyone that 
played a role in working for Dublin Marathon or blah, 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 they all go home or else they, they finish off the day or they, they pick up ballards. And so you're, you're back in the hotel and I'm back in this hotel and like everyone's with their wife, their family, their kids their And I go back to this hotel and I go up to my room and I just close the door and I guess I'm just like, then it's just me. And, and the problem is, this is where there's no pity and there shouldn't be pity because that was a choice. You know, you might have, you might have done the best out of like the Irish guys, but like in terms of when the race is over, and, you know, I didn't ask my family to come watch. I didn't ask any of my friends to come watch. I didn't, like, I didn't have a girlfriend in my life to come watch or share the experience with me. It was just me. And honestly, it's fucking sad. It really is. It makes me sad thinking about it that I, that I did that. And I don't, I don't think that's what it takes. You know, I don't, I don't know, but I don't. I don't want that anymore if that's what it takes, honestly, because experiences like that, it was kind of similar at Houston, but at least Haas was there, you know, and I remember asking Haas, does he wish that he came over to watch Dublin? And, you know, he, he, he obviously said at the time that, yeah, he, he wishes he did. And um, what a fucking great day it was. And if you were, you know, helping me out with training at the time or, or at least playing a big part of my life and a big role, how that must have felt with four or five miles to go if you'd have been on a bike or standing at the finish line hearing feedback that, you know, I was coming in strong and passing people and, you know, you've gone from seventh to second. You know, imagine imagine for somebody watching, like, live what that would have felt like, that that person that you've helped and, and cared for. And, um. But the reason there's no pity is because it's it's always been me. It's always been me that has like pushed people away and and not and had this attitude of nah, don't worry about it. You don't have to come watch, you know. And does that mean like I'm starting to think it means like I don't know, but I I genuinely think it means I just don't. Do I not feel that I'm worth it, you know? Do I not feel that it's worth people coming to watch or people to see or people to share that with? Like, is it self worth? Um, I don't know. I really don't know because there's people that there's people that would be doing the smallest of things and they demand their family come watch and come see and make a big deal out of it and celebrate it and um and then there's me and I'm just I just try not to make a big deal of things and I don't know if that's if that's myself or or what what it is I don't know or whether it's just you don't expect that people will and so you just don't set yourself up for disappointment by asking people I don't know but that is something that I need to work on um it doesn't mean like anytime I have these conversations um I'm not I want to go back to Dublin and be better um I would love to go back to Dublin and win when I have these conversations and I talk this way and it might sound negative or it might sound it's just honest. It doesn't mean that, you know, the goals have changed. It doesn't mean that um, it's all about longevity. And if you're going to protect the longevity of a career, and maybe I commit to running Dublin five more years in a row to try to win the fucking thing, you know, there has to be a longevity. There has to be a way to 
stick in there and keep in the sport and not give up. Um, and, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's how you protect the longevity. Um, so, look, I'm going to leave you at that. This is this has been a bit longer. Jesus, I'm going to I'm going to literally stop right now. No, I'm just kidding. 40 minutes. I don't know that I've ever gone 40 minutes. Um, I guess there was a lot to share and a lot to talk about. So um, I hope you find something useful and valuable in today's podcast. Um, I do appreciate you all listening and everybody take care.